Apple reportedly overestimated iPhone 12 mini demand by a lot. That's not my headline. That's John Porter's headline on The Verge. We have talked about this a little bit. We had speculated a little bit. Mm. And now it just seems that all signs are pointing at a lackluster performance for the iPhone 12 mini as far as sales are concerned and possibly, potentially, the last mini phone. The first and last mini phone. Hmm. I mean, depending. Depending on how bad things are. Depending on opinions inside of the company uh-huh. around wh- whether it's a long-term experiment, like they're willing to play it out longer or if they want to cut their losses. The report here, production being cut by 70%. Hmm. Not a lot of demand for it. 70%. Imagine a company like Apple who, they got the finger on the pulse most of the time. Even at times where people think they're nuts. They're like, what are you doing getting rid of that? And Apple's like, pay attention. Wait a little bit here and see what happens. And then something will catch up. I mean, there's been products like that. I see people referencing, talking. Uh, iPhone XR eventually catches up Uh because it's a budget offering. There is something about this package that's problematic. I'm not saying they need to get out of the mini business. I didn't say that well. Stop putting words in my mouth. Mm. What I am saying is the entire package needs some tweaking. And, well, I don't have to even say it because Apple say themselves they cut back to production 70%. Sure, and they also have the iPhone SE. Maybe you need a hybrid of those two. And just one. One mini phone, one mini phone, and at a lower price point than what this one was offered for. You got to get it. It's got to get below 700 or whatever it was. It's too close to the flagship price, and people picked a big one. And actually, you know, let me just say something, Will, because I, I, I ain't no Apple. I ain't no Tim Cook myself. But... No. But no. I, I have a business, and every so often, you do an experiment. And then everybody wants to look at you and point and say, you're such an idiot! But the truth is, and this is coming from, uh, whose quote is this? This is a, uh, Conor McGregor's trainer. He put out the book, uh, uh Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh, yeah. He put out the book. And I think it was it said, win or learn. And that's the thing. If, whether you're Apple or you're this show or you're uh, a mixed martial arts fighter, like, when you're in the game long term, you got to take risks, you got to take chances, you got to experiment. Yes. And see what happens. And that's a perfect example of an experiment where Apple did the thing that everybody had 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 been asking for at least it seemed like it was noisy people wanted a smaller phone to learn something they learned something okay so people ended up buying the 10r because it was a budget mm-hmm. if we're going to do a budget phone it still has to have a big screen maybe that's what they discovered or if we're going to do a smaller screen we have to combine it with the right price point like this is all things you can learn through that through actually doing it. Otherwise, it's just speculation. You can do a variety of tests. Now, it's an expensive experiment for them, obviously, if they're cutting back production by 70%. And it's an expensive experiment, Well, Absolutely. But I feel like Apple has few dollars for these types of they experiments. Do. You've told me that in the past. Yeah, that's what I heard on I the I haven't confirmed it. But yeah. I heard they have a few bucks. So Apple cutting production iPhone 12 mini, first half of the year. Planned production of the smallest iPhone 12 model has reportedly been reduced by 70% or more in the first half of the year, making up the majority of a 20% cut in total iPhone 12 production. Some suppliers have been asked to temporarily stop producing the 12 mini-specific components while other parts are being reallocated to the Pro and Pro Max. iPhone production is still scheduled to be up overall compared to 2020. Apple reportedly plans to produce 75 million handsets in the first half of the year. iPhone 12, okay, fine. Okay, fine. iPhone 12 mini, 
Not so much. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes me almost want to go yank it out of the box and just goof around. Because now I feel like, wait, let me see what this is about. Yeah. I feel like it could be the last of a dying breed, in which case I feel like I want to give it a shot if it's the last of its kind. Mm-hmm. But what anyway. What color would you go for? I don't even know which color we have. Do we have Dominion in every color? We do? Oh, okay. I'll try the blue. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Since, Is it because I picked it? Since you're yelling at me. <laughs> since you're yelling and screaming today and you brought Subliminal. all you brought all types of heat. Oh, I have an exciting announcement, actually. Willie Doo's wild card round is back. And I just want to start prepping you right now. It's at the end of the show. Oh, boy. It's what we all wait for. It's what we're all here for. And so don't you dare. Don't you dare move and go somewhere else. I know you're hovering those other potential things to watch. No, 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 no. Willie Doo wild card round. Is what you're here for. It's what you're on the internet for. And it's coming at the end of today's show. But first, a word from our sponsor today, Honey by PayPal. Uh, Honey is, look, you've heard of Honey. If you haven't, I don't know where you've been. This is your browser extension. It's saving you money. You're online. You're shopping. Where else are you shopping? Nowhere else. You're online. You're shopping. Yeah. And all are. I mean, this would, it would be nice if we had unlimited money. We don't have unlimited money. We got to save some money. Uh-huh. We can't be uh, out here frivolously throwing it around. It's unknown. It's uncertain times. Yeah. You got to save 1605 as they did on this particular example. You mm. said savings 35, original price 4587 with honey 2982. Uh-huh. You know what you can get for 1605 if you save 1605? Some great ramen. You knew it! You get yourself a fresh noodle, 120 bowls a day, limited. And you okay. get it with the 1605 that you saved up because you were using honey. It's incredible. You were over there buying snowboard stuff. You were on Burton. Yeah. Good uh, deals. You, you, you were researching these bindings forever, and, and then you just needed to get the right deal. Well, mm-hmm. you got to get the right deal to pull the trigger. That's what honey's all about. You can install it all over the place. In your, uh, on, on, your, on your Safari, Firefox, Chrome, or Opera. You add it there. It's free to add. You go to where you normally shop. Anywhere. You go where you normally shop. You fill up the cart. Boom. It's seamless. It starts checking. You don't even... Yeah. Never mind a coupon code. Never mind a look around. Uh-huh. It starts searching for the best, the best deal, best coupon to apply. Applies it automatically. You save instantly. Thirty thousand plus participating merchants. Average discount seventeen point nine two percent. Average yearly savings one hundred twenty six dollars. That's a couple. That's a few noodles, mm-hmm. as I like to say. And so it can't get any easier. All you gotta do, listen to this. You head over to joinhoney.com/slash/lulater to get honey for free. You can also click the link down in the description. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free and installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show right here. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash lulater. That's joinhoney.com slash lulater. What do you think, Will? Good idea? Get that money to use on ramen. There you go. Get that money. Save that money. Mm Mm-hmm. Popular iPhone app exposed thousands of call recordings security researcher finds. I guess this was some sort of generic phone call recorder. Let's see. Security researcher and founder of PingSafe AI discovered a flaw in the popular iPhone app automatic call recorder. The bug allowed anyone to access call recordings from other users by knowing their phone number. Oh. Ooh, that's a bit of a privacy. Heavy. It's a bit of a privacy moment. I don't know what you get into on your phone calls, Will. Well, I don't know. And guess what? I don't want to know. Good. But these guys did want to know. Yeah, some someone will. They want to know what you're up yeah. to. As reported by TechCrunch, this security vulnerability exposed thousands of users' recorded conversations with a proxy tool such as Burp Suite. You could view and modify the network traffic going in and out of the app. Now, not to say that there's anything intentional going on here, but this is a bug. Mm-hmm. There was a loop. There was a spot that was discovered. It goes to show you, man, when you're in here uh, utilizing... Now, granted, Apple always makes the case that their 
constantly pruning the app store for any kind of risky behavior, any kind mm -hmm. of risky application. This one made it through with that particular bug. And I know you can say this is a tough thing, impossible thing to police, but it's good to know at least now. On March 6th, a developer of automatic call recorder app released a security update, but before it was fixed, more than 130,000 audio recordings were accessible by anyone. The app has more than 1 million downloads. Now, I don't personally go in there and try to record my calls, but I could imagine some might want to do such a thing. Some might even want to do such a thing involving sensitive conversations. Yeah, or blackmail. Hey! <laughs> wow. It's the first time ever that word has been spoken here on the oh. show. Took it up a notch there, Will. Yeah. Apple designs a navigation system that makes Google Maps look so yesterday. This one comes via autoevolution.com. It's no longer a secret. Apple is working around the clock, next generation capabilities for Apple Maps. Well, this is one way to stick a boot right on the behind of Google. Yeah. I said a boot, not a foot, because a boot is more severe. Because this has been a thing. Steel-toed. Steel-toed boot. Yeah. You ever worn a steel-toed boot, Will? N no. I actually had to think about that one, though. It's heavy. I'm sure One time I thought I was really cool. steel-toed. Here's what we used to do. I thought I was really cool. In high school, we actually had to wear a uniform when I was in high school. Okay. And they would say, oh, you got to wear a dress shoe. But if you were a cool kid, what you would do is be like, no, no, no. I'm allowed to wear... A Timberland, like that's a dress shoe. Oh, yeah. You see what I mean? Because it's leather. That's a dress shoe. And so we would try to flex on it a little bit and just get those rules, maneuver around those rules. Mm -hmm. But anyway, one year I thought I was extra cool. I don't know what I was. I mean, you know, 14 years old or something. I thought I was extra cool. And I was like, you know, I could get something like a Timberland, but a real work boot with a steel toe on it and mm -hmm. march around there like I run the spot. In reality, you got this super heavy boot with protection just, you don't need. Just clomping away. And you're proving absolutely nothing Yeah. in reality. But see, that's the thing about being uh, the age that we are now, senior citizens like yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get a discount on the bus. <laughs> Is we get to look back and realize how ridiculous we actually were. Sure. And that's fair. And if for all you youngsters listening, I want you to, to realize at this moment, I promise you, you will look back at how ridiculous you were. So uh -huh. actually, you can start right now reevaluating all your decisions because they are ridiculous, I promise you. What is not ridiculous is the map warfare because you, if you win the maps, I'm, I'm saying that's a huge advantage on the Google lifestyle right now. Yeah. Google Maps is a must for me. I got to have it. And when you I don't get, use Apple Maps? How? You use an iPhone. You don't want to try it? Are you nuts? Uh, That's a non-negotiable for me because I goofed with the maps. And I know the I know Apple Maps has gotten better. Okay. I hear you, man. But I'm so intimately involved with Google Maps. Okay. Google Maps and myself were like this. Mm. That's us. We've been there for a long time. Many fond memories. Google Maps. Okay. <laughs> Good times. No, I mean, look, uh, neither are perfect, but Google Maps has had the edge. Now you have Apple trying to take the edge back. And I, I, like I said, I think it's a major battleground. Apple, I don't think Apple likes the fact that they're behind. I think Apple needs to close this gap. If I'm Apple, if I'm Tim marching around the office and I go speak to the Maps guys, I'm like, what are we doing? We're behind over here. Mm. We got all this money. I hired you. I hired you. You used to work for Google. I pay you what? I pay you this. Hmm. We we can't just have maps that are as good as Google Maps. We've got to take it to another level. That's where we're at today. Right. Look at this innovative approach. I mean, we're talking about, look at the 3D rendering on here. What, what, uh, it's, it's about to be another level to it, isn't it? Detailed in a recent patent called Augmented Reality Display and explaining how AR could be used for easier navigation inside the car. Apple describes in its patent a way to provide navigation features to users with the help of an AR-based system. It can use a complex approach comprising everything from 3D models to pre-generated data textures and other geometry information. 
See how serious this is, Will? It seems very serious. They're going to put the video game in front of you. Huh. Next generation nav. I mean, just rendering, rendering the various navigation aspects onto the real world atmosphere. Now, yeah. I know you got to know that Google's working on the same stuff, right? Uh-huh. They're not going to goof around. They got to figure this out too, but it is some ultimate nav status. I mean, we were talking about the Audi e-tron on the latest episode. They were doing more stuff with AR in the windshield as well. Yeah, some sort of holographic display. Like they were all of a sudden mapping the the, the neon lines as far as the car that's in front of you better like mercedes is doing something similar too where they're like better figuring out where to put the arrow for your turn right it's not enough to just say oh it's left like i want to know like i want to see right around right where the left is happening mm. and they've all been getting better with it and you know these players i mean apple is an interesting one as well will because you heard of something you heard of uh the rumors about this apple car yep you heard of these things and so then you say, hmm, we got these pants over here. Then you say, hmm. Mm. I'm just rubbing my belly. That's right. That's right. It's very appetizing for a guy like you. See some stuff like that. Anyway, it's a battleground. Maps and then AR with maps and then Apple cars and then nav and all the rest of it. We'll see how it all maps out. Cool. Oh, I swear that wasn't on purpose. No. Oh. Right. It wasn't on purpose, though, Will. Okay. I got gotcha. you. See how it all maps out. We'll just see how it all maps out. Slow clap. <laughs> no clap. <laughs> ROG Phone 5. I was looking at that phone. That phone is a beast, a certified beast, as they say in the smartphone community, at least those under the age of 20. Hmm. They love the, the beast terminology. Top tier, top spec. Actually did a live stream for that. Six in the morning. Look at six in the morning, Lou. Still snoozing over there. Look at those bags. Hey, man. <laughs> I tried a coffee. It's another thing that happens, Will. Those coffees stop working at a certain point. Uh, yeah. You could double down. You triple down. You know. You got to get a good night's sleep. How's your sleep going these days? It's good. Hey, easy. No bragging. It's pretty, pretty good. Why? Because you got the new place? Yeah, and it's quiet now. You got the flooring in there? Yeah, everything's done. Easy. Good times. Do you have a bedside Snoring table? Away. You have a bedside table? Actually, that hasn't been set up. Oh, yet. you need one of those. I have it. It's just not set up. No, no, you're going to need that. Okay. What are you going to do? Put a lamp yeah. on there? Yeah. Yeah. The Dyson lamp? You know. Easy. Nice. This is a imagining uh imagining yourself just outfitting this new place. It's very interesting. Oh yeah, I'm in it. You're, Amazon, IKEA. Yeah. <laughs> it's so there. many things. It's so many so things. Many. Yeah. You just don't even think about it when you get a new place or something. You don't even think uh where's that thing? I gotta get that thing. I know, yeah. I hear you. ROG phone beast. We know about the performance. We know about the accessories. We know about the gaming. We know about the Ultimate Edition in white. We know about... I mean, this is just such a fun phone. Fun phone, fun unboxing. Just a crazy, unique vibe to it. Unlike, you know, I, there, there are other gaming phones, but unlike your typical smartphones that are out there. Big focus for them was around battery life. What they put? 6,000 milliamp hour battery in there. Well, they got the high refresh display. They got all these things going on. You got to have a battery to power it all up. I mean, they even got the fan unit powered off the three-pin connector on the bottom of the phone. You got mm. power and the RGB with the lighting. Look at the little kickstand. What a cute little thing. Anyway, uh, CNET, they do a test on it, and they say it has the longest battery life of any Android phone they've ever tested. Fourth gen gaming phone has been knocked out of the park. This is CNET's words specifically. It is a heavy phone. I should mention that. They also mentioned that in their particular article. Display is unbelievable up to 144 hertz. Now, did they list the exact battery life? Let's see what they were able to achieve. ROG Phone 5 Ultimate. That's the 18 gig model. 
512 round. I mean, what a spec sheet. Vision display back. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, here we go. 6,000 milliamp hour capacity made up of two 3,000 milliamp hour uh, battery cells. The design means you can fast charge it with a 65 watt charger. And after a day of normal, use 40% battery remaining. Battery test for the ROG Phone 5 continuous video playback on airplane mode clocked an average of 20 hours, 15 minutes with the screen locked at 120 hertz. Wow. It averaged... With the screen refresh set to auto, it averaged a time of 28 hours and four minutes of video playback. Hmm. That's really close to 30 hours. More than a laptop? Way more than a laptop. Or like a tablet? Maybe they're... I don't... I have all those tablets. I've got all those latest iPads. I'm not pulling 30 hours on video playback. Yeah. It's the longest time for any phone that Cena has tested. That's crazy. I'm just trying to yeah, think. Yeah, and it's a gaming phone. So right. So it just kind of shows that, like, with a big battery, you can play without charging. And also the, the, the advantage to the auto mode, pulling up another eight hours by dynamically switching the refresh rate, depending on the content. Mm. To, to in 120 hertz locked, it's not, it's, I mean, it's still impressive 20 yeah. hours, but you may want to turn on that auto mode if your phone has it. And then it can, it can dynamically determine when you're going to need that extra refresh. I don't know. If you're like me, I don't really need 30 hours of battery life of uh, video playback runtime. I would, I'm near an outlet often enough that I think I would probably still lock it at the high refresh because I love that. Mm-hmm. Because I'm just a junkie for the high refresh. Yeah. So that's what I would do with it. But still, impressive stuff. YouTube for Android may soon offer a loop option for individual videos. How about the fact that this feature doesn't exist? Yeah, you will have to go to like another website. Is that what you... Paste in the link and then it loops. Have you done this before? Uh-huh. For music. Yeah, I know. I just thought it was a little squirrely. A little slippery. Okay. Because YouTube has tried to discourage this type of uh, anything to inflate the behavior around a particular sure. video or the or any kind of statistic around a particular... I know they're smart enough now to know... Because you have people with the farms watching the thing, mm -hmm. but it's not actually people. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've heard of this stuff, Will. Yeah. Once or twice. Bot farm type of thing. This is not that, but like you said, some third-party site, you wonder how they're accounting for those views. But if they have the, the loop feature right within the app, then they can better manage the difference between a loop play and an actual unique play. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, but what do you think? If you loop it, if you loop your favorite music video, but it's just on in the background, should every single loop count as a view? No. Interesting. It is a view. Is it? I don't I'm just saying to you. I mean, it, it, you did listen to it again. It's very curious. Yeah. A set of strings in within the YouTube app, specifically first appearing within version 16.09.32, reveal an upcoming video loop option that can be applied to individual videos. The option will presumably show up within the overflow menu of the video player, and its functionality is pretty obvious. Looping playback for an individual video. Huh. I don't know. I, I think it would be convenient. I do look for it sometimes. Certainly, I look for it inside of the YouTube music player. Mm -hmm. Right? But YouTube music is a funny app because it's got everything. It's got videos and music, like just music and albums and then videos for some songs that the album... It's great because you're going to find it, whatever you're looking for. Right. But when you find tracks that are on the YouTube player, then you're lacking certain features you're looking for. Right. So I really want it there. I'm just curious if, they if they're going to count each one of these things as a view or not. You seem to think that they should. Another YouTube-related story. You may have seen this floating around, Will, on social media. People stressing, YouTubers stressing about YouTube potentially deducting U.S. taxes from creators who uh -huh. don't live in the U.S. People were stressing. That's us. Are we creators that don't live in the U.S.? That, oh, that's, that's us. us. Yep. Yeah. No, I was never worried. I was never worried about it. No? 
No, I, I saw everybody stressing and it was like, uh, I saw some people stressing and then deleting their stress because they realized oh. what they had just done. Mm. It's a fun little tweet to put out there. Like it's obviously got some heat on it because mm -hmm. it's like, you know, YouTube, uh, big YouTube change and it's going to hurt the creator. You know, I'm dead. Yeah. I need more Very sponsors, salacious. whatever else. I mean, we'll take more sponsors, but you know. But in reality, this is just a stipulation here to like clean up your paperwork. That's the reality of it, right? For at tax least reasons. At least for us in Canada, let's put it that way. Okay. For us in Canada, we have paperwork. There's a tax treaty, but like many countries have such a thing. And so you don't get double taxed. And so really what YouTube put out, the message, I'm going to read the message. We're reaching out because Google will be required to deduct U.S. taxes from payments to creators outside the U.S. later this year, as early as June 2021. Over the next few weeks, we'll be asking you to submit your tax info in AdSense to determine the correct amount of taxes to deduct, if any apply. If your tax info isn't provided by May 31st, 2021, Google may be required to deduct up to 24% of your total earnings worldwide. But they're saying, they're saying here, uh, if your tax info isn't provided. In other words, if you haven't proved that you don't have any residence in the U.S., that you shouldn't be taxed in the U.S., and that, that you don't live in a place with a tax treaty with the U.S., then we're going to deduct the thing. So actually, I didn't even receive the email because I think my paperwork is already figured out. Yeah. I believe it's already submitted. Okay. You see, can you believe I'm not organized? I mean, it doesn't even make any sense. You're, you're, well, just look you're, at you're, your uh, paycheck from Google in, I don't know, a couple months. See if there's a deduction. Yeah, where would they actually... That's a, That's interesting. Where would they even... Uh, showcase that deduction? Would it be right inside of your analytics or would it come after the fact? Hmm. That's a curious one as well. But judging from the fact that there hasn't been an email sent my way, I highly doubt that there's any problem. I can't speak for absolutely every country as far as what type of paperwork you need. I know the form that we need here. I presume there's something similar where you live. I would not panic at the moment. But this is not YouTube specific, guys. This is... If you were, this is the U.S. government, the or at least the uh, IRS. Yeah, they they want their tax money, mm -hmm. and so if they can if they can get it, and you're a target, and your stuff is not together, then then they're gonna they're gonna deduct it. Creator tax. There's actually an example here on a Google support page. An example: a creator in India earns one thousand dollars in revenue from YouTube in the last month. Of the one thousand in total revenue, their channel generated one hundred from U.S. viewers. If the creator doesn't submit tax info, the final deduction is two hundred and forty dollars, because the withholding tax rate, if you don't submit a form, is up to twenty-four uh, percent. If the creator submits tax info and claims a treaty benefit, then the final tax deduction is fifteen dollars. This is because India and the U.S. have a tax treaty relationship that reduces the tax rate to 15% of, of earnings. Now, what's important here is, as you can see, Will, even in the case that the correct amount has not been submitted, it only applies to, to the U.S. viewership. Hmm. So as, or, or, okay, wait, let me just rephrase that. You have supplied the correct tax info. And you do have a treaty. Your country has a treaty, some kind of treaty with the United States. That withholding tax is still only applied to the viewers you got from the U.S. Mm. And in this case, on $1,000 would, would equate to $15 in total tax if $100 was generated from U.S. viewers. If the creator submits tax info but is not eligible for a tax treaty, the final tax deduction is $30. This is because the tax rate without a tax treaty is 30% of earnings from viewers in the U.S. Uh, yeah, I think we're okay in Canada. Okay. I think you're going to be... I think we're going to keep doing this show. Sure. I think Lou later has a bright future. Thanks to our wonderful audience. Anyways, Instagram light is glowing global. Speaking of worldwide, Facebook has announced it's now available in 170 countries. We talked about Instagram light uh, being, I think it was India only at first, or it certainly wasn't worldwide. Premise here is a stripped down version of Instagram in order to improve or bring greater efficiency to data consumption, removing certain features from Instagram 
that may suck your data or battery life, things like this. It was actually first launched in Mexico, thanks to Willie Do's highlight back in 2018. But then they discontinued the app in May 2020 with the aim to rewrite it from scratch. The latest version popped up in select markets in September 2020. Now, it's not going to have all your flashy, fancy Facebook features in there. Like, for example, the Reels, you cannot record Reels inside of the app. You can watch Reels. You cannot record Reels inside the app. Oh. I don't know if they're doing any kind of fancy stuff as far as resolution is concerned. Uh, let's see here. Uh, sim okay, here we go. Since the team couldn't go out to locals for testing and fine-tuning due to the pandemic, the company instead distributed older, weaker phones to its team and simulated spotty and weak connections to find out how to improve the experience. In the process, the app also gained a dark mode while purposely never receiving more complicated data-intense features like AR filters, in-app animations, and transitions. Light users still get to enjoy GIFs and stickers, though. So you can see they just pull a few things out mm -hmm. so that you look at your data consumption on your phone. You're like, oh, what did Instagram suck up? Yeah. And it's not so intense. I like the idea of light apps. I know Facebook's going to still keep it very comprehensive, but there's something interesting about the idea of light apps. It's just streamlined, just optimized. The, just the features you want. Like even imagine for a sec, you go and install an app, a popular social media app, and it just had check boxes for the features within the app that you wanted, and you could kind of fine-tune it. Modular. A la carte. You could be like, oh, I want the feed, but I don't want stories type mm -hmm. of thing muddying up and obviously the biggest example is is facebook because facebook itself can be a bit overwhelming all the things it's doing yeah and i'm sure there's some person using each one of the features but collectively like it might be a lot that people don't actually need or want mm -hmm. and i suppose you can do this sort of on your operating system selecting what it is you want to pre-install when you go through the android uh, installation or actually even iOS to a certain extent you could be like I don't want to use this I don't want to use that so it's interesting to think of think of social media as an OS yeah and then take away the bloatware it, it kind of kind of because the whole app's going to be faster and for for your own functionality like you might just want the feed and the mess and the direct messages on Instagram mm -hmm. like that would be kind of cool or maybe you don't even use the feed and you just want stories or maybe you just use reels because instagram is starting to get messy like facebook because now you got igtv reels stories feed yeah messages i'm just gonna keep doing this on the table over here yeah i'm trying to you know visualize all these different pieces and i think actually instagram uh, i was reading an interview in, in one of the executives at instagram was talking about how he feels they got to clean it up a little bit or at least make it a little uh you know, bring things together a little tighter. Yeah. Have you heard this company Canoe with the EVs? Uh, I saw this story just today. Okay. I'd never heard of them. Of course though. you did. This is a very futuristic looking truck. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, it kind of... I'm not sure if I'm fond of the look, but it is one of the most futuristic trucks I've seen outside of the Cybertruck. And with a totally different approach. Just as far as imagining, like if you were to imagine, Will, you're making a video game set in the future, you might draw a truck like that. Yeah, they have uh, very simple shapes. Interesting. So this is what? The MPDV. I kind of want that. That looks cool. Yeah, that looks... I uh, could get a lot of cargo in there. Utility. That's very Cybertruck, though. That's more straight lines. Uh-huh. But, oh, you know what? I, I have seen this vehicle. I've seen the lifestyle vehicle because it was on Jay Leno's show, on Jay Leno's garage. Oh, yeah? He went for a ride in that. It's kind of funny. It's like the entire uh, cabin is open. Oh. It's not typical seats. It's like a bench. Um, you'll be able to see here almost like a taxi or something oh and they had some kind of a strange ownership model for that where is that a yoke it might be a yoke yeah they had a strange ownership model where i think you just book it 
or you pay monthly. You pay monthly. You don't own it. Something like it's a subscription model. Okay. Which is kind of interesting. It has no screen. You have to bring your own device. Yeah, very interesting company out, out there in California. You could watch the Jay Leno episode for more on this one. But anyway, they're going to do a truck as well. Look at his tables in the back, Will. Hmm. You could have a picnic over there. Yeah. Or a conference. Yeah, it's, look, man. A lot of things happening in transportation. You don't know where it's going to go. But anyway, the, the tr I think the truck actually looks cooler. Uh, it's apparently going to be out in 2023. It has the cab all the way forward, sitting all the way at the front. So it's almost like their van-looking vehicle, but instead with a bed as opposed to extra cabin space. Uh, Executive Chairman Tony Aquila said in a statement that this truck is as strong as the toughest trucks out there and is designed to be exponentially more productive. We made accessories for people who use trucks on the job, weekends, and adventures. Go, go back to the original post, Will, so that they can get a better look at some of these truck photos. Yeah, if you scroll down, like, look at the... This the, is like the wilderness. But, like, it's cool how they did the bed. The bed has LED lighting all the way around. And you see how it has a table over there on the side where the person put the coffee mug or whatever it is? Yeah. The thermos. And then also you have the the doors that open kind of, what, what what are those, like, barn doors style open? Like, not, sure. the tailgate doesn't just, it comes down, but then also these other doors open out. Like, you have options. Plus, they got the roof rack on it. And they got the off-road tires on that particular model. I mean, she got a nice fire going on. There's a whole, that's a whole thing there. I see a tent in the bottom left corner. It's kind of lit on the... Uh, I know. The, the LED lighting is a thing. That's what they're saying. We got stuff going on that truck owners actually want. Specs promise more than 200 miles of range. Obviously, it's electric. Up to 600 horsepower. Uh, towing capacity or payload capacity, 1,800 pounds. It's going to be taller than Tesla's Cybertruck. Shorter than the new Hummer EV. And uh, it, and it will be shorter, but it will have a pull-out bed extension, bringing the total length to 213 inches. So bed extensions are nice. I've had them in the past. I don't have one on the current mm -hmm. truck, but that's where you may recall in the old truck where you had that thing where you could flip it out and then leave the tail down, and all of a sudden you got oh, right. an extra foot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this one looks like it's actually built right in, and it's not a, a special gate, but instead the bed, it looks like the whole bed actually extends. So that's very cool. I'm glad, man. It's so much cool stuff happening in EVs. Who knows? Well, we may even get one in studio. Yeah. It's possible. I'll work on it. We may get one in studio. <laughs> I like how I tell you, like, it's just a random possibility, and you're like, no, I'll take care of it. Yeah. Oh, apparently we found out why that Starship SN10 exploded after landing. Remember the clip? It was mm -hmm. so victorious. And then it was like, I'll probably just blow up too, though. Yeah, a couple minutes later. Because it's a test. And then it freaked me out because I was like trying to figure out how long you got to leave one of those alone before you approach it. I'm sure they know. Obviously, these people are quite intelligent. People working at SpaceX, they're like, no, no, no. You got to leave that alone for 15 minutes, 20 minutes. I don't know. Like steak. How long? I need to, yeah, it got to rest. Yeah, that's right. You nailed it, Will. They got arrested. The I, I was curious, like, when do you approach it? Anyway, SpaceX Starship program, a very big deal for the company. Still in its infancy. These are test flights. Elon's not crying about it. That's the whole point of test flights. Anyway, uh, here's what happened. SpaceX boss, boss Elon Musk has finally offered up details, explaining why the mighty rocket was a one-launch wonder. Some issues that were already being worked out for the next prototype contributed to the SN10's landing issues. The spacecraft did land, but it did so uh, in a rough, it was a bit too rough the fashion in which it landed, and the landing legs couldn't handle it. Apparently, the prototype crushed its own legs when it landed. And here's the quote, SN10 engine was low on thrust due probably to partial helium ingestion from fuel header tank. Impact of... 10 MS crushed legs and part of skirt. Musk, expl Musk explained this in an exchange on Twitter where he makes all his news, as you know. He then went on to explain why the helium ingestion was an issue to begin with. If autogenous pressurization had been used, the CH4 bubbles 
would most likely have reverted to liquid. Helium in header was used to prevent eulage collapse from slosh. What a word. I think you said that the other day. Oh, no, you said slog. Mm -hmm. Which happened in prior flight. My fault for approving. Sounded good at the time. Whoa. He's speaking in very direct. Not a lot of fluff in there. And then yeah, he takes... this is still on Twitter, right? Yeah, it's all from Twitter. Oh. Not a lot of fluff in there and takes full responsibility and says sounded good at the time. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, so anyway, helium appears to have been problematic. And I'm sure they'll figure it out. Yeah, they'll get it. That's the beauty of it. Just a matter of time. And it's funny that they say, look, it still landed, which is true. Mm -hmm. It did effectively land, but not for long. So... Beeple NFT becomes the most expensive ever sold at auction after fetching over 60 million. Now, so there's that. <laughs> I could go into this story, but I realized that prior to us filming this, you uh, uh you had told me Are you going to exaggerate? <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Hey man. You, you had like told me, you had told me something that you, you to told me something that was just a surprise to me. What what you told me I feel like you should have told me a while ago because it's kind of, you know, you, you went on to explain to me mm. that you've actually, you had this really uh, long and close relationship. With yeah, this we had a podcast. With this artist, Beeple, that you guys are pals. Hey, no, 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 no. That you guys are pals. And uh, you're like, what, Beeple? What, the NFT stuff? Yeah, 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 I know Beeple. And I was like, well, you can't just, I mean, you got to let me know this type of thing. Well, I don't know him. Personally. Well, hey, man. Now that you're on the air, don't try to back yeah. down now. Well, I'll tell you the story. Okay, um, go ahead. I did meet him at uh, a web conference called FITC a couple of years ago. And he was doing, uh, I think, a round table. And my experience with him was that he was a really humble dude. And that's it. You guys sound like best friends. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. <laughs> An NFT by the artist Beeple sold at Christie's for over $60 million, making it the most expensive NFT ever sold at auction. The final sale price could shift higher as final bids are processed and auction fees are added, which could bring the total to more than $69 million. NFT hotness is happening. Are we working on an NFT, by the way? Is that official? Yeah, we are. <laughs> okay, fine. Cool. We're working on it. <laughs> Yeah, Beeble has kind of emerged as like the dude when it comes to this. He, uh -huh. He's like the Banksy of digital. I don't think I'm the first one to say that. And this was an interesting move to put, to package together this huge load of work, really. Yeah. I think you said, did you say 5,000 hours or something? 5,000 days. He does 5, an artwork, an art piece every day. 5,000 days? Yeah. Do you know how he many? started years ago. Yeah, that's, 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 that's yeah. years worth of stuff. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I don't feel like doing uh, too much math here, but that's a lot of days, man. Uh huh. Is that him there? Is it? Is it Mike? Is that Mike, Mike Winkleman. Winkleman? Cool. Beeplecrap.com. There's some uh, R-rated stuff in here. Okay, so, so you're not going to click on it. from because we're this is it's all images, PG over here. There's R-rated over there. Anyway, it's cool looking stuff, and it, and rather than split it all up, it's just. 5,000 days worth of work and that went to auction. And it's kind of interesting to see the traditional auction houses get involved in this, like Christie's. Uh -huh. Because of like, like the NFT hype, you didn't know if it was going to be embraced by the... But why not? There's money to be made, Willie do. Yeah. Everybody gets interested when there's money to be made, no matter what. As soon as I saw it, I saw it as this massive, massive potential for this as a platform for digital ownership of a bunch of different things, not just art. The artist Mike Winkleman, better known as Beeple, told CNBC, moving forward, I think this will be seen as an alternate form of asset class. The record-breaking work is called The First 5,000 Days, and it was the first ever to sell at a major auction house. Like to, And just to break this down for people, this is all digital artwork. Uh, that's the idea. And NFT. It's uh, you on, own the rights to a digital. It's a, it's all digital. Product. I mean, the owner could go ahead and print stuff out if they chose to, but mm -hmm. but it is it's a it's a digital transaction. It's a blockchain transaction. It's an NFT, and it's sixty nine million dollars. Sounds about right. 
Wow. <laughs> cool. Shout out, people. Well done, sir. Shout out. Uh, oh, my God. This is... Uh, this was unfortunate. I saw this. It was a little clip from a stream. You know a lot of athletes are getting into streaming, and they're finding out that, hey, when you're if you're streaming or broadcasting or talking in general on the internet that you you're it matters what you say it uh, matters what you say no matter who you are correct yeah yeah you it, and this is can i just say something if you don't mind this is one area where i feel and this is just from my personal experience where people who don't put this many words on the internet may not realize how just the 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 load associated with talking as much as people like us might talk and i don't know how long he how long he's been a streamer or whatever it might be and the chance that you do something stupid mm -hmm. right the more often you do it you have this elevated chance like you 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 made missteps did i yeah, yeah, you've been canceled. You've been canceled. Oh, yeah, that time. Yeah, exactly. Totally forgot about it. No, I'm joking, and I'm not trying to make fun of it. Like, obviously, this guy really screwed up. He, uh, this b basketball player, Myers Leonard, was uh, playing, I don't even know what game he was playing. I think Call of Duty. And then he he used, like, a racial slur in, in, the, in the game. And a lot of people reacted. The team reacted. Uh, I believe he suspended the NBA. I believe fined him for the clip. Uh, now there's been a, a number of reactions. Okay, so I guess Michael Rappaport, I'm seeing right over here, is uh, obviously very upset. There was another approach from uh, an, uh fellow athlete which is uh, Julian Edelman. And actually, like, I really like his response. It takes, it's, these things are tough because it's, it's a cr crazy sensitive. By the way, can I just say, and, and, and I am in no way defending the, the, the individual or the words, but I'm not, there was a casualness to it where I am honestly not certain that this person even knew what they were saying. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, it's not a defense because words matter. Like how I will debate how I want to like phrase something or like the best way to just on a stupid regular sentence. Mm -hmm. So I, I fully know your selection of words matters. Yes. I really do believe that this is carelessness over here, not maliciousness. Now I'm not saying that that matters because that carelessness potentially infects other people so that they're equally careless about it and the thing can grow like that. So it's it's not an excuse. It's just an observation of mine. Did this guy hear this type of thing in a, in a movie or something? Like, where did this come from? I guess he could explain where it came from. But, but here's the important part, what I noticed. You have Rappaport's opinion, which is obvious. Mm -hmm. There's plenty of that, which is like, whatever, screw off. Angry. Yep. I want an apology, a meaningful video apology, whatever. Or you're the you're the Miami Heat and you say, We're not affiliated with you, you're suspended, whatever. Or you're the NBA and you say, here's a fine. Like you gotta have that piece of it as well. Mm -hmm. But what I saw happen from Julian Edelman was much different from what you would expect. And it kind of get it kind of froze me a little bit. I was like, wow, that's uh you don't always see that on the internet in 2021. Essentially what he did is he wrote an open letter to Myers Leonard. Hmm. And he said, I mean, I'll just read it. He said, so we've never met. I hope we can one day soon. I'm sure you've been getting lots of criticism for what you said. Not trying to add to that. I just want to offer some perspective. I get the sense that you didn't use that word out of hate, more out of ignorance. Most likely, you weren't trying to hurt anyone or even profile Jews in your comment. That's what makes it so destructive. When someone intends to be hateful, it's usually met with great resistance. Casual ignorance is harder to combat and has greater reach, especially when you command great influence. 
Hate is like a virus, even accidentally, it can rapidly spread. I'm down in Miami fairly often. That's where this guy plays. Let's do a Shabbat dinner with some friends and I'll show you a fun time. Julian Edelman. Is he the wisest person? Well, I can look, I'm saying either response is justified. Actually, the 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 more common response is maybe even more justified, but but this just it gives you a warm feeling. Like he's not trying to end the guy's life. Nor and by putting this message out, he's saying, I don't think his life, I don't think his career, I don't, I don't think it should be over for him. Mm-hmm. He's saying he's kind of putting out this message of uh I don't know, is it forgiveness or growth, let's say, optimism. Like, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And I'm not saying this works in all circumstances, but it just kind of froze me a little bit. I was like, that's kind of a move. Mm-hmm. And if if Myers Leonard took him up on it, I presume that think, that the perspective would be different for him afterwards. Now, you don't want to hop in the comments over there, Will. Well, I'm just curious. I'm trying to keep it. I'm trying to keep it. Okay, okay. In a certain framework. Let's just bring it back. I'm trying to keep it in a cer- certain positive framework. Uh, and by the way, I'm not saying people have to do this. Everybody is going to be affected. There's always going to be a conversation. In, in their own way. Yeah. But I just got to give a shout out to Julian Edelman for approaching it in the fashion that he did, which is definitely not the easy road. He's opening himself up to criticism from his peers saying, why are you being nice to this guy? Yeah. He's putting out a helping hand saying, I know you're getting killed right now. I know you're taking major heat right now. I want to try to spin in a positive light, if possible. It's not an expectation, but it is encouraging, at least on my end, to see such a thing take place. Sure. And that's from an individual who's part of the affected group. So, I don't know. You have anything you want to add on that? No. Okay. That's good. All right. (laughs) On a lighter note... (laughs) Woman claims she was dumped because she took secret trips to McDonald's. Huh. Her boyfriend is a vegan. Oh, boy. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> and thought she was cheating on him while she was sneaking out to get McNuggets. <laughs> Her boyfriend's vegan diet didn't allow for it. The story was posted on Reddit's relationship advice board by a user named, I'm not going to read it. According to her post, she was in a relationship for three years. Her boyfriend had been a vegan, and when they moved in together, he asked her to try out the diet. Everything was okay at first, but apparently the author of the post says she started getting cravings for very specific meat products. Hmm. Is this real? Is this stuff real? Uh. Sometimes I wonder if these Reddit posts aren't planted because they're too perfect. Yeah. I would literally have dreams where I'm surrounded by chicken McNuggets. <laughs> okay, well that might be a little <laughs> bit exaggerated there. Oh, who knows? Stop who knows? it. No way. Maybe she loves Come on. Fast food. Come on. I would watch Matt Stoney videos and get so jealous. So at least twice a week, I would sneak out of the house and say I'm just going to the supermarket or running errands and then I go to McDonald's and eat a bunch of nuggets or a McChicken. I would then quickly go to the grocery store and buy random stuff so he didn't think I was, so he thought I was really at the supermarket. She snuck out to McDonald's for months until recently her boyfriend got suspicious and confronted her. He accused her of cheating because she was constantly leaving the house and refusing to let him come with her, and they broke up. So he was thinking she was actually cheating, like in the human way, but she was just diet cheating in the sense that she wasn't being honest about the, the, the McChicken and the chicken nuggets. But I'm but even if even if she explained herself, he still might not be cool with that. He'd be like, yeah. hey, what about the vegan thing you were trying? Oh, now you're dreaming about these McNuggets over here. Uh-huh. So you cheated on me with a chicken sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. It doesn't matter why she was sneaking around. The point is that she was lying about it and keeping secrets from him. So, of course, he doesn't trust her anymore. And that's true as well. Right. Like, if you want the chicken nuggets and it doesn't fit with my particular outlook, then Uh just tell me and then we can discuss it and maybe the chicken nuggets are all right. Yeah. It's a gray zone. 
yeah, it's maybe the, black and white. Maybe there's a discussion to be had. Yeah. So, but obviously there will be no chance for that discussion. The story's too perfect, yeah. and we don't we don't have a headline if they don't actually break up. So, uh, yeah. Woman claims she was dumped <laughs> because right secret there. tricks to super secret trips to McDonald's. Yeah. What do you think about the choice of the McNuggets? Like, let's say for example, Will, all of a sudden you are vegan for like a long period of time let's say i don't know a couple years and then you start having a craving for a particular meat product my question for you is what is that first product on your comeback what is the meat product maybe let's make it simpler a mcdonald's product oh uh i would probably have to go with um maybe a quarter pounder so your dream, you're surrounded by quarter pounders. Like a double quarter pounder? Oh, my God. Half a pound? Easy. Easy, man. <laughs> All right. Now, what if it doesn't have to exclusively be from McDonald's? Is there something that comes to mind? Uh, a steak. Yeah. Just, like you a just get right, right back to business. Something. Yeah. You get right back to business. Mo, do you have an answer for the same question? He's going with steak as well. What about you? Taking the easy approach. Well, it wouldn't be McNuggets, that's for sure. That's why I asked you. I was like, that seems like an odd one. You're taking a vegan uh, approach, yeah. and it's really the McNuggets that are killing you. Like, I mean, I don't mind McNuggets, but it just doesn't, it's not. That's not your go-to. It wouldn't be, I agree with you, but I would, If okay, so burger's a good one, but it wouldn't for me be a McDonald's burger. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to a local spot. I'm going <laughs> to give a shout out to Burger's Priest. <laughs> I thought you were gonna go for chicken ramen. Oh well, no, but you but I you said I was gonna be a vegan for like for like a year. I can't come back to like a mild chicken soup. Oh okay. I gotta come back to something substantial if I've been off of it for a while. I give a shout out to the Burgers Priest. They have a few locations. You can probably track one down locally. They also have a chicken sandwich, but I would go for the High Priest on there. Which is, there it is on the left. And this is kind of their version of a Big Mac, but more artisanal and for probably three times the amount of money. Mm. But you still have that, you know, the tang that's, that, that's associated with the Big Mac. And you have the pickles that's associated with the Big Mac. Yep. But you have it. Have you had this before? Yep. Oh, okay. Great. I don't know why I'm explaining to you. You've had it's, that. Uh, does it have a mushroom on top? No, not that one. Oh, which one is it then? I don't know. Probably a... Uh, one of the cheeseburgers maybe has a mushroom on top. I don't the know. The option, yeah. Oh, that's what it you're. It has go like a deep fried. Uh, Wait a second, but that's mushroom. the vegetarian one. Uh, no, there's one with the uh, option. See how it says V. Oh, that's the priest. Sorry, it's a priest. The regular priest, not yeah. the high priest. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Anyway, Mo, you have Delicious. burgers, priest. It's great. Yeah, okay, so anyway, we, we, we don't need to tell you what's delicious. Now you're getting hungry watching the thing, but I just want to give a shout-out to the local spot. It's hard times right now, Will. 2021 uh -huh. for the food spot. Well, you're making everyone hungry talking about this. Yeah, but you can get it on your favorite delivery apps. <laughs> what, DoorDash? Which is our sponsor, <laughs> DoorDash, on another episode. <laughs> There's another one close by which you should check out, which is... Uh... Why am I forgetting the name? Fresh burger, fresh burger. Fresh burger is kind of like in and out, more in and out style for those that are in in states that have in and out local. This okay. is more of an in and out style. It's also very good. And this is a little bit closer to here, Will. Uh -huh. If you wanna if you wanna give this a go. Right on. Anyway, I'm shouting out burger places now. Actually, this is funny that you mentioned ramen because my next door is about ramen. Oh, okay. Ramen brother. Farmer in China selling 46 cent U, uh, US 46 US cent noodles becomes an internet celebrity. He was initially overwhelmed and took to hiding in a neighbor's house to escape the horde of internet bloggers. <laughs> overwhelmed. <laughs> wow. Look how hot that dude is. Whoa, his village has however experienced an economic boom and now the farmer appreciates the fame. Mm. What did he do? That was so great. Farmer in China became an unwitting celebrity just for serving up cheap ramen noodles. Chang Yunfu, nicknamed Ramen Brother by online fans, which what a name. Mm. I'll take it. It's kind of funny I found this one. Yo, Very I just realized something. This probably came in my feed because I've been eating so much ramen. 
We've been talking about it. And we've been saying the word too many times. Yeah. That's how this got on my feet because this was on my Google News. Oh, really? Yeah, to be clear. That ain't tech news. But you know I'm a South China morning guy. It's I always have fun over there on sure. that website. So give you something different. Uh, anyway, he was stunned when a video released on social media late last month of him selling his 46 U.S. cent noodle bowls went viral and unexpectedly catapulted him to fame. Look at the fresh noodle he's doing. He's doing a fresh noodle, man. So happy. Yes. Originally, he was dismayed. It disrupted his life and a quiet village. So he was hiding. Anyway, now the the entire province is booming. Because of him? That's right. Everybody wants those noodles. Oh. He says, when everybody is rich and has made fortunes, I will then raise the price. <laughs> Not until then. Until then, 46 cents. Wow. The influx in visitors has caused congestion on the village narrow roads. Some video bloggers have invaded his privacy climbing over walls to catch him on live streaming. I don't want to be famous. The current situation has brought me a lot of trouble. <laughs> that was on Feb 27. I am an ordinary farmer. I make and sell ramen noodles. That's all. You got to love the simplicity of it, don't you? Uh-huh. That's I mean, all he does. I try life. to imagine an alternate life in which I do some kind of simple task like this, just the best I can, and that's it every day. What would that be for you, you think? Man, that's that. actually that's hard because, you know, you can find the content on YouTube where it would be just like making a knife or a sword or something. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like that would be amazing, obviously. But even this guy, he gets to see people enjoy it. Uh -huh. I kind of like that about the food thing. Yeah. It is, is he gets to bring joy to people, which uh -huh. is obvious and consistent. Yeah. So. So food is in the realm? I don't know. That would be cool. It's, a, I mean, it's a terrible thing to get involved in right now, but mm -hmm. you know what it would be is pizza. I would launch a pizzeria with the wood burning and everything, and I would bring back some of my childhood that way. Yeah. Because I had the pizza spot, and I don't even want to bring it up because it's really upsetting to me. Uh huh. And so I would have a, a real pizzeria, and I would, I would leave this country for two years i would go to italy for two years to learn the ways and that's it i would work at the spot first mm -hmm. i would live a simple life yeah and then i would bring all that knowledge back huh and there'd be no pizza like it around here hmm. but of course i have a rich life myself i have uh i would trade it for nothing will not even pizza so if I do do this pizza spot, I'm going to need to engage with sure. those that know the arts of the ways, and I'll have to do so locally. And then bring it to Canada? That's right. And then, and then we will hybrid it. I will finance, and we will fix the pizza game once and for all. Oh, I thought you were going to do soups. Oh, yeah, soup soups. Idea. You don't even want to hear my soup <laughs> okay, ideas. Yeah. You don't even want to hear move my... On. I got lots it'll of soup ideas. Hour. No, it'll be another time. Scientists discover a slug that can decapitate itself and then grow a new body. Nice. I like this little gift. Look at this little, it's a kind of a cool looking slug, by the way, with the with the lime green look, kind of looks like a kiwi. Hey? Yeah. You ever, you ever eat a kiwi? They're great. I feel like you don't eat it that much though. I don't eat it and, that uh, often, I can as tell. much as I Because you know what the problem to. is, is getting the skin off. It's such a nightmare. Without yeah. without cutting off too much of the fruit itself. Uh huh. It's I a challenge. I had a kiwi in a long time. The, the the bizarre discovery could pave the way for advances in regenerative medicine for humans. In a recent study, scientists observed two species of sea slug that were able to de self decapitate, survive for weeks without organs, and regenerate entirely new bodies. I want to do that right now. I feel like crap. I'm exhausted. I'm stressed out. I want to decapitate, regenerate, start over. <laughs> that doesn't, uh, you don't shed your problems. Though. I think I do. <laughs> it's just your I want a new body, Well, Oh, okay. I want a brand new body, a fresh one. Right. Like this slug over here. Yes. Imagine the outlook. If you could just decapitate, grow a new body. Well, obviously, the slug's body is a little bit less complex than a human one, but they're saying could have implications for 
regenerative medicine for humans. Hmm. The study authors proposed that the slugs are able to survive as severed heads because of the unique way they obtain energy from algae. While other animals engage in self-amputation to avoid predators, the study authors suggested that sea slugs might shed their bodies to avoid dying from parasites. Like, mm. imagine this. You got the stomach flu. Yeah. And you're just like... Just, yeah. Just wipe out the body because uh -huh. it's terrible. Grow a new one. Start fresh. Yeah. That might be a lot of work for just one stomach flu, but you see where I'm going here, Will. Uh-huh. I don't know what type of injury it is that you're going to uh, sustain in your life, what type of terrible injury. But when you do, you best be looking to the studies on, this, on the sea slugs because you might be able to regenerate something. I don't know. Yeah, it's cool. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's the moment you've all been waiting for. Those are all my stories, and they're all trash. And the part of the show that really matters is what we're about to engage in. It's a part of the show that I'm sure you're familiar with because it is famous worldwide. It is the number one show segment. It is number one in ratings. It is number one to the critics. It is number one on Billboard Top 100, Hot 100. It is my favorite segment of the show. It is called Willie Do's Wild Card. And this is where Will Do picks the single best story on the entire internet to bring it to you on a daily basis. He scours. Four hours. I mean, he doesn't even have much of a life left over. The amount of time he spends making sure that his story is better than any other story. I, I see the spreadsheets. I see dozens, if not hundreds, of potential candidates that could be the Willie Do wild card of the day. And that's how much this segment matters. And this is why you should be paying tremendous attention to what he's about to drop on you next. Ladies and gentlemen, Willie Do's wild card. Willie Do, take it away. Oh, man. Why? Every single time. Are you going to even, you know, talk? Ugh, I guess not. Okay, well. I just have a quick story here about uh, a door handle that's over-engineered. Why are you laughing over there? <laughs> and it actually cleans itself. Look. Like... It's very rare that a GIF would actually um, show off what the use case is, but this is perfect. And it's from a company called, uh, let me see here, Tweak, a Swedish, a Swedish company. No, a Swiss company. And uh, <laughs> it's just uh, cleaning itself. So, yeah, go check it out. I think it'll be uh, kind of kind of cool 